The Great Commission is the commission, the command that Jesus gave us. I think it's significant that it was the last thing that he told us before he ascended from earth into heaven to be seated at the right hand of God the Father. He starts the Great Commission to us by telling us that all authority and all power have been given to him in heaven and on earth. And that's important to us today because it gives us an understanding of where our command comes from. Jesus Christ holds all authority and all power in his hands. He does whatever it is he wants to do, and he asks nobody's permission. There's nobody above him. He is more than our Savior. He is our Lord. And he is our Master. And he is our boss. And our Master says to us, go into all of the world and make disciples. Baptize them. And teach them to observe all of the things that I have taught you. That's called the Great Commission. It's the calling on every single one of our lives. It's not a strategy for missions. It's not a strategy for church. It's not an option. It is what each and every one of us have been called to do. Each and every one of us who are believers, who are followers of Jesus Christ, have been given the command to go into all of the world and share the good news of Jesus Christ. That's our purpose. So when are you leaving? When are you going to go? The reality is, is that not all of us can go. The reality is, is that not all of us are going to go. But God in His providence, in His sovereignty, in his intricate and personal involvement in the lives of people, have tapped some to go. He's called them. He's given them vision. He's given them a place of ministry. He's given them clarity in what he wants to do in their lives and through their lives. And they pack their bags. And many of them leave this country and they go to another place. And that's their mission field, and that's their purpose, and that's their calling. And what I want us to see this morning, in this very, very important time together, I want us to see that if we don't go, then we have a responsibility to send those who do go. We have a responsibility to encourage those to go, that go to pray for those that go, to partner with those that go, so that when they go, they don't go alone. But they know that the church of Jesus Christ is there with them. They know that they're not by themselves. They know that when needs arise, there's someone that cares, there's someone that loves, there's someone to call. That's what this is about. We're going to highlight three specific ministries this morning. But really, this day is to honor all of those who were in this building this morning who have been called to go. To celebrate them. To encourage them. To convey to them. To communicate with them. To say to them, you're not alone. We're in this with you. This is about eternity. It's not about the moment. It's not about our comfort. This is about building the kingdom. And we want you to know that we're in that with you. Folks, listen. This is not a day off. 
I'm praying fervently that God, that Jesus would reveal himself to you in a very special and unique way today. I'm praying that he would open up our hearts and open up our eyes so that we might see his passion and his burden for a lost world. And that when we're exposed to his passion and his burden and his love, that it might infect us, that it might change us, that it might move us, that it might challenge us, that we might respond with whatever he calls us to, that we might respond. Would you pray that prayer with me? Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, fill this room with your presence. Accomplish in every single heart and life what you desire to accomplish. Give us hearts to receive from you, eyes to hear, eyes to see you, ears to hear your voice. May we experience as you reveal to us your burden and passion. That's what we ask you to do in this place, in the lives of your people this morning. I believe you will. I pray in faith. I thank you in advance. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Watch this video, would you? Amen. Avalon Church family, I want you to meet Lisa Cooper. She's Director of Operations for World Hope. Uh, Avalon Church has been a partner of World Hope for uh, over 11 years. The video that you just saw, uh, Pastor Brian was standing out in front of a church building that I remember a time when I was in Kenya and that church building didn't exist. It, it, it wasn't even a slab of land. And, and I, I uh, had the privilege of being there when they poured that slab for that church. I remember my father-in-law, Paul Siebert, and my dear friend, Charlie Turner, being there on that work team and, and uh, starting to build that church that still's not finished. And that was 20 years ago. And that church is still not finished, but uh, we've been building it for 20 years. And God has done incredible, incredible things there. The kids that you saw singing are students of World Hope Academy, and I, I remember that that building was there, though it was only one story at the time, and, and it wasn't a school uh, back then, and it's been converted to be used as a school. It's now two and three stories. It's now a full high school. God has done incredible things in really a short amount of time uh, there in Nairobi, Kenya, and to God be the glory for, for what He has done. Uh, Lisa and her husband Scott have been friends of mine for uh, over 20 years, we've known each other for 20 years, and Scott's a dear friend of mine, and we have uh, partied together and <laughs> shared together and grown in our relationship with the Lord together, and um, just a great, great friend of mine. Lisa, we're familiar with World Hope because we've been partners of yours, really significant partners for, uh, for over 10 years now. Uh, but we are so very interested in what is going on in Nairobi, and I know that there's ministry now in Detroit. Um, would you share with us just maybe a, here's what's new with World Hope? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us today and for making this uh, celebration day for missions. 
I don't like to be called a missionary. It, it's very um, humbling to me. I'm not a missionary. I have the greatest job in the whole world. Um, these guys that you're going to hear from, they're missionaries. Brian King is a missionary. Um, I just get to be in it with them. Um, a significant partner, absolutely. Avalon's probably one of the most significant partners World Hope has, and we don't take that for granted. So thank you so much for all that you give. And I want you to know that um, your investment pays back well, and your investment pays back while you're sleeping. Um, there's two people I talk to every Sunday morning, and one of them is Brian King. I call him and wake him up from his Sunday afternoon nap on my way to church, and he gives me a report. And so this morning when I called, he said, he said the service was A, awesome, which is funny. And then um, he also said that Emmanuel showed up, showed up today, which was amazing. And he said, we've inducted 15 new families into our church this morning and baptized um, 10 new believers. So I just want you to know that your investment pays back even while you're sleeping, which is amazing. Um, we have a great work over there. Brian King is an amazing pastor, and he is really becoming the leader that we're all praying that he would be. Uh, four years ago when Brian became our leader over there, I said, okay, what's the 100-day plan? And he said, we don't do 100-day plans. And I said, well, what kind of plan do we do? And he said, I have a 10-year plan. I'm like, oh, no, we don't have time for that. No, 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 <laughs> we're going to get going. Um, but Brian's really, he's grooming everyone over there. We have a wonderful staff now. One of the most exciting things that's happened in the last few months is in January, we were able to open our new children's tent. And um, the guys have a picture of the tent there. And I want you to know that tents are very popular in Nairobi. Although it looks like a semi-permanent structure, it's a permanent structure. That's a slab, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a structure. And um, we built that for children's ministry. The Hope Center sits on 10 acres, actually 8 acres of land. So from where the church is all the way to the back where the school is, it's 8 acres long. And our children always met in the school at the end of the Hope Center. And a lot of parents weren't comfortable for that. It's, it's, it's way far back. It's close to the slum. And so parents that have little ones, they want their kids in the nursery close by where they are. And so since we opened the children's tents in January, we've added 100 kids to the ministry. So we now have 300 kids meeting in, in those tents on Sunday morning. And as Brian said, the little ones are bringing moms and dads with them. So we're, we're growing with families. So that's an exciting part of what's happening. I'll also tell you that Brian felt the Lord um, impressing him to do a campaign at the church called Save to Serve and really focus on church family um, which is different for them because they're very much into outreach, and this was more in-reach with the church. But it's been, it's been really well. It's, it's, it's been well attended, all the new classes and a lot of discipleship going on, and he said that the members of the church have really gotten a hold of it. So we now have Wednesday night services, which is unique to anyone that's ever been there. It was never safe to be at the Hope Center at night, and now you can be. And so we have Wednesday night services. They have a once-a-month meeting for, um, for families, for couples to enrich marriages. And he said 10 marriages have been um, reformed, put back together. And um, just a lot going on. In our yeah. school now, which you guys were a huge part of it, we, we not only have that school building that you saw, we have three other buildings. One has three floors now. And we had our first, first graduating class at Hope Academy of 31 students that graduated this year. And um, I was telling everyone in first service that they don't do high school graduation in Nairobi or in Africa. They just do college graduation, but we do high school graduation. So we sent them all caps and gowns, and we had a big party over there. So they feel like the most special students ever because they've had this graduation that no one else in the country gets to have, um, which was very cool. So we're very excited. We're seeing students now 
that are graduating, going to college, and coming back to serve since we were there. Um, there's one man that graduated, went to medical school, and he serves in our clinic every summer. And um, so they're giving back. Amen. And before I give you this microphone, I want to just say thank you so much to the 220 students and the parents. Anybody in here? Yes, thank you. They came to Detroit and worked so hard, and you guys need to be proud of your students. This was my first um, teen missions trip in Detroit, so I was terrified. I'm not afraid of Detroit. I'm afraid of teenagers. And um, they were fantastic. They cleaned out an old house that we now put a family in, and they um, built a room upstairs that we call our game room for our refuge students, and um, just fantastic. And if you guys don't know, Arthur's a keeper. I'm just, just saying. Yeah. Thank is. you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, just a couple of uh, uh, things real quick. World Hope meets a lot of physical needs in Nairobi, Kenya, in an area that has been known as the second worst slum in all of Africa. Um, but they're there for spiritual needs. And they have seen literally thousands and thousands of people come to faith in Christ through their ministry there. It's also a mature ministry. And there is a plan that one day World Hope will take their hands off of that ministry and that they will be able to operate on their own. I mean, that was a church once when just a few people met on Sunday morning and now hundreds and hundreds of people meet in a big room and they worship the Lord and celebrate the Lord and, and they're getting to a place very, very soon and very, very quickly where they're going to be able to carry on that ministry on their own and we can put our resources in other areas of the world that have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lisa, I want to thank you for your ministry. I want to thank you for... World hope and the sacrifice, and I want you to know it's so important, y'all aren't alone, and that we love y'all, and that we want to partner with y'all. This is just a small gift. I want to tell you that John and Lori Malloy are out of town this weekend, or this would be in an envelope with a nice card, but um, <laughs> what will I do without Lori? But uh, this is just a, an expression of our love. It's an expression of our partnership. It's ex an expression of honor to you, to World Hope, to all that y'all do. God bless you. Y'all give her a hand if you would. I'm not going to say. I love you. God bless you. Go ahead and Y'all watch this. Watch this video for me if you would. Amen. Avalon Church, I want you to meet Edward Houston. Give him a welcome if you will. I hope that you know Edward and his wife Lisa and his son Alexander. They're a part of our church, been members here at Avalon Church for about five years. And um, he's Huey to me, and he's my buddy. And uh, I love Huey, and I, I consider him a dear friend. At least once a month, we we go over to Longhorn Steakhouse for what we call Operation Meat Eater. <laughs> and for a time of fellowship and a time of visioning and encouraging one another and praying for one another. And um, Huey's an inspiration to me. The reality is this. Seven years ago, Huey was a lost businessman here in Orlando, Florida. And God got a hold of him and transformed his life. And God began revealing to him a vision and I think it probably took Huey a little bit by surprise, but it had to do with ministering to the people of Israel, the Jewish people. 
And to that time, Hui had not known a Jewish person his whole life and had no idea why God might want to use him in Israel. But as Hui has been obedient and followed the Lord and made over 20 trips to Israel in the last two years, God has opened doors for him that he never, ever imagined. And he has built relationships with the uh, IDF, Israel Defense Force. Am I saying that right? as you saw in some, of, uh, in some of his video that was shared with us. His ministry started in Israel by having a burden for the children of Israel who were constantly being uh, bombed. And uh, he began, he and his wife Lisa began to purchase um, bomb shelters, which you saw in the video, and began setting up those bomb shelters. And that was just the beginning. Hui, I want you to share with your church family this incredible transformation and how God has taken you from, from a, a lost... You, you guys got you, you to know Huey. I, look, thank you, for, uh, thank you for tucking your shirt in today. Thank you for shining your boots and for leaving your cowboy hat at home. Um, but I want you to share with your church family this transition and how God's using you and what's going on in Israel right now, if you'd do that for us. First of all, I'd like to thank everyone, uh, my church family. I could not have done it without you. First, I could not do it without the Lord. He has saved me, and he has put me on a path that he wants me. My wife, Lisa, and Alexander aren't here, but I truly am grateful for them. I could not do what I do without Lisa. She supports me. She loves me. She encourages me. I travel a lot for business, and then I go to Israel a lot, and I'm over there for a while when I, when I do go. So uh, she takes care of Alexander, and um, I keep looking over there because I usually sit over there. Um, and uh, so she takes care of Alexander. So I want to say thank you to them as well. Um, as Pastor Dale said, my, my, my journey um, began um, with my salvation about six, seven years ago. Um, that was before I came to Avalon Church, um, Linda Codonia kept on asking me to come to church, come to church, and, oh, yeah, okay, okay, I'd walk out the door, and I know there's no way I'm going to church, and, um, then when I was saved, um, this is the church I came to, and then Pastor Jim, he, you know, he really made us feel welcome, and then we've been coming ever since, and then my wife was saved, and then Alexander was saved, about a month ago, Pastor Dale baptized Alexander. So two years after my salvation, the Lord started putting Israel and the Jewish people on my heart. I, he, I started praying for the, the children of Israel. And I couldn't understand why because, I, as he said, I did not know a Jewish person. I uh, didn't know anything about Israel. Didn't even care about them because I didn't know anything. So as this was building and building and I was praying and praying, the, the people of Israel and the nation of Israel began to be very heavy on my heart. Um, I was asking Brooks, that um, Pastor Dale, I was asking him, you know, Lord, you know, Pastor, what's going on? And he says, it's been my experience that, um, that the Lord may be working in your heart and preparing you for something. And so we went to a United, Christians, United for, Christians United for Israel conference. And through that, I met a rabbi who lives in Jerusalem who does something with shelters. And he was telling me about shelters. And he was telling me about the rockets that are coming from Gaza and then from the north, from Lebanon. And so these shelters are used uh, to 
add for protection for the citizens. When the rockets come, you have seconds to get in. So I listened to them after the conference. Ah, oh, this is not for me. But the, the praying continued. Finally, I said, Lord, what is it that you want? And he says, I want you to support the Jewish people in Israel. I want you to love them. I said, I, I don't know a Jewish person, and I don't know, you know, the only thing I do know is they don't want to hear anything about you. And he, and he says, I want you to support them. So about two weeks after that, that rabbi called me, told me about the shelters again. That's when Lisa and I donated the first shelter. We went over to Israel. We set it. Um, through that, they, we set it at a women's shelter, a battered women's shelter. They were abused, and they had children, so they would come to the shelter. Well, we set this shelter right there next to the door because, as I said, these rockets come at any time. Actually, they had one Saturday. So they come at any time, and you only have seconds to get in. So with this shelter, they would, are you guys Jewish? They clearly seen that we are Americans. Are, are you Jewish? No, we're, we're Christians. Why are you doing this? So we were able to tell our testimony. And, that, and then we moved inside, and we were tell, able to tell the staff our testimony. And, and that did wonders. And then through giving of different shelters, and we moved around this, uh, closer and closer to Gaza. And then we moved up to Lebanon, towards the Lebanon board. And we, um, we were working with the military only because they were telling us where are good places to set these shelters. So that opened up a relationship, as you've seen Tom. Tom um, is up in the Golan. We moved from Lebanon and down by Gaza, now we're up by Syria, um, in a, and um, with everything going on in Syria, they're get, beginning to get more rockets. So we moved to the Golan, and we met Tom. Tom was is working with the Army IDF, and we began a relationship because he was showing me around and giving me the security concerns. Through that relationship that had developed over time, I started talking to him about the Lord. November, it was November, I think it was November, maybe August, we were sitting on a tank on the Syrian border, a couple clicks away watching the battle because um, we were stationed there to make sure it wasn't coming, coming over into Israel. And during this whole time, I was talking to him about the Lord, and previously, I remember on that night, it was nighttime, the tracers were coming, and we, be, and we prayed, and he accepted the Lord that night. And then he came here. I mean, that, I, I praise God for that. He has a wife with four children, and he's telling them about the Lord. Um, he invites me to dinners with his other friends, and we're able to talk about the Lord. And one of the photos that you've seen with the big family, he is a religious Jewish person. He serves in the IDF, and uh, he just invited me to his house with his family. And his wife is religious, and he has six beautiful daughters, and um, so I was able to tell them about the Lord as well. So through this whole relationship building, the Lord has really opened doors and opportunity for me to tell him about the Lord. And I praise God for it. Amen. Amen. Hold on to that. Who is, who is an inspiration to me because he is, a, he, he is an example. He is a picture of the power that God has to transform lives. 
And God has done incredible things in Huey's life and he's using him in incredible ways. And the fellow that you saw in the video that was standing on the Mount of Beatitudes, that's Tom and that's someone that Huey had an opportunity to lead to relationship with Jesus Christ, to faith in Jesus Christ. And to hear Tom stand on that Mount of Beatitudes and say, this has a whole different meaning to me now that I know the Savior is, uh, is, a, is significant to me. He transformed your life, Huey. He transformed uh, Tom's life. And, uh, and now he's using you in an, in an incredible ministry. Uh, there's not very many of you that know this, but the entire covenant ministries is Huey and his wife Lisa and his son Alexander. That's it. That's, it's the three of them. And God has blessed Huey in a really, really neat way in his business. He owns a national business, a multi-million dollar business. And they have given to the Lord through this covenant ministries tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars over the past couple of years. And all of that has come out of, um, out of your pocket. And um, I appreciate that incredible sacrifice. And it tells me more and more and more about the transformation that God has made in your life. But your sacrifice goes beyond that and that you spend a tremendous amount of time over in Israel as well as running your business. And I know that keeps you away from home a lot more than you want to be home. So the sacrifice has to do with, with your time away from home as well. Huey, look, we love you. I'm glad you're part of this church. I'm glad you're right here in Orlando and a part of this church. And I'm glad that you're my friend. And this church counts it a privilege to partner with you and your ministry and I want to share this with you. This is from your church family. And as I have told the others, this is simply a, a way to express the honor that we want you to feel and that you deserve and to express our partnership with you, but more than anything, to express uh, our love for you and for your ministry. You're not alone. We partner with you. We love you. Thank you so much for what you're doing for the Lord. God bless you, brother. I love you more. Thank you, church family. Thank you, buddy. Let me invite each of you to stand, if you would. I want to take this opportunity to encourage you and to challenge you. One of the great things about the way that we support missions in this church through our own church tithing is that there's no limit to what we can give. Pastor Jim will tell you, any of our elders and leadership would tell you that we're always going to give at least 12.5% of what you give to the Lord. And so the more you give, the more we are able to give. I want to challenge you in this area of giving. Many of you in this room are faithful givers, and you have already experienced what God does when you're faithful in that area of your life. Some of you have just taken your big toe and you've kind of tested the waters with giving. And I want to challenge you to trust God and be obedient to Him and move ahead. Some of you, you've never, you, you've never given and, and it's just something that is so very, very difficult for you. And I understand that. I really do. But I want to tell you that God has a blueprint for your finances. And an integral part of that blueprint is giving. To the point where I would be bold enough this morning to say to you, there's really no need for you to pray and ask God to be your provision or to bless you financially if you're not giving. Because He would refer you to His blueprint. This is my blueprint. This is how it works. It begins with giving. 
It was Jesus who said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You're happier when you give than you receive. You're more satisfied when you give than you, when you receive. It's my plan for you to give rather than receive. But then he also says, give, and it will be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. Will it be given to you? The same measure that you give will be given to you. Those are Jesus' words. But I want to challenge you in this area. Listen, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's a temptation to say prayerfully consider, but you know what? I don't really need to say that. Jesus has already told us what to do. We don't have to pray about that. Pray about how much, but you don't have to pray about whether or not. I want to encourage you in this area. Why? Why? Because I love you. And I want you to experience God in this area of your life. So Lord Jesus, we thank you for your intricate involvement in our lives. We thank you for revealing yourself to us. We thank you for sharing with us a little bit of your passion and, and your burden and your love, your mercy, your grace for the world. We thank you for inviting us to partner with those you have sent. We thank you, Lord, that for everyone who comes to faith in Christ, for everyone who crosses that line, for everyone who experiences your salvation, that we get to celebrate in that and we get to have a part of that. It's an eternal perspective, Lord. It has nothing to do with the momentary comfort that we so desire. It's an impact on eternity. Lord, grow us. Grow us in our experience, in our understanding of the distinction between the eternal and the temporal. Give us a passion for building Your kingdom. Thank You for opportunities that You've given us. And thank You for this time of celebration. And thank You for those who serve. We worship You. We pray in your name. Amen. Arthur, lead us if you will.